an event last night and someone left the stove turned on. It's not good for the atmosphere. So we're going to spend some time praying together. And um, I encourage you to pray, not just me to pray. But we're going to declare God's blessing over the events of today, over our city, over the leaders of our city, over the team that are making today happen here, that the anointing would God would be upon each one of them. So that's good, eh? We can all do that together. Good? Good? Fantastic. So if you're not awake, shake yourself. Wake up. You're not going to get just to sit there. You've got to start on the front foot today. It's all good. Well, let's take a few minutes praying that we will really encounter the presence of God here today. Yeah, as we gather together. So don't wait for me. Kick into it. Where you go. Fantastic. Father, thank you for a great opportunity to meet today in this place. And again, we give today to you. We give our gatherings today to you. And we pray in Jesus' name that they will be places of encounter with you. Whether it's now 10.30 or 6 p.m. tonight. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. You came in with us. And today we want to, and we ask for God encounters in this place. That this would be a place of healing. That this would be a place of encounter that this would be a place of encouragement, that this would be a place that releases people into the destiny and the calling that you have on their lives. And today, this would be a place where people come to know you as their Lord and Saviour. Father, we also lift the leaders of our city to you today. I thank you for uh, the leaders of our city. And we pray wisdom over them in Jesus' name. As they try to lead us, as they do their best, I ask that they would have uh, wisdom from heaven as they make decisions about the way to lead us into the future as a city. Pray the same thing for our nation, Father, that uh, our Prime Minister and that the MPs would know wisdom of heaven. Lord, that they would lead us in a way that is godly, that they would lead us toward you, that you would encounter each one of them. Father, that our leaders would know what it is to encounter a holy and a loving and a merciful and a gracious and a kind God. We pray. In Jesus' name. Father, we also lift our, our musos and the people on the doors and the kids' leaders and people making all the technical stuff happen and our preachers today to you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would rest on each one of them, that you would work through each one of them, that you would fill them afresh by your Spirit, that today they are each ministering and operating from overflow. In the name of Jesus. So we thank you for today. We honour you in Jesus' name. Amen. How about uh, just moving to the person closest to you and just declaring God's blessing over them today, that they will have an open heart before Him, that they will encounter you. If you don't know them, introduce yourself to them. Welcome them.
Fantastic. How about lifting your hands to Jesus this morning and opening our hearts before Him? Father, this morning we come full of expectation. Lord, we do not want to just run through motions as we gather. We come full of expectation of God encounter. And so, Lord, we take a moment to even now prepare our hearts and to open ourselves before you. Holy Spirit, you are most welcome in this place. We thank you for your presence. We declare today to be a celebration of the goodness of God. And we determine in our hearts, we determine in our souls right now that we will praise you. We will lift you up. We will declare the good things of God. We will honour you this morning with our bodies and with our mouths. And we will celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you put your hands in here? Come on. We sing, my Saviour. My Saviour, Redeemer, lifted me from the mountain clay. Almighty, forever, I will never be the same because you gave me from the everlasting to the world we live. Father's only son Cause you can Cause you lived And you died And you rose again All night And you opened the way For the world To live again Hallelujah For all you've done Sing my Savior my Savior, Redeemer, lifted me from the miry clay. Almighty, forever, I will never be the same because you came me from the everlasting to the world we live. The Father's only Son. You live, you die. You rose again all night, and you opened the way for the world to live again. Hallelujah! For all you done, cause you've lived, cause you've lived, and you died, and you rose again all night, and you opened the way for the world to live again. Hallelujah for all you've done. you came near from the everlasting to the world we Father's only son, cause you came near, cause you came near 
from the everlasting to the world we live the father's only son because you came near Lord. you came near from the everlasting to the world we live the father's only son you lived you lived you died you rose again on high and you opened the way for the world to live again hallelujah for all you done hallelujah for all you done hallelujah for all you in the shout of praise. He came near from the everlasting to the world we live. Thank you, Lord, that you are near. All right. Can we go from you lived again? Because you lived and you died and you rose again on high. And you opened the way for the world to live again, hallelujah, for all you've done. Come you on, let's sing it as a declaration this morning. You live, come on church. You died, you rose again on high, you opened the way for the world to live again, hallelujah, for all you've One done. More time. Because you lived, and you died, and you rose again on high. And you opened the way for the world to live again. Hallelujah, for all you've done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, for all you've done. One more time, hallelujah. Hallelujah. of all of our praise all of our worship Father I thank you that we can gather this morning in the name of Jesus I thank you that we can gather to celebrate you I thank you that we can gather in freedom and I thank you that where two or three of your people gather you are there and so this morning again we open our hearts to you and we invite you to have your way. Lord, my prayer for every person here this morning is that there would be a God encounter, that we would hear your voice. We know you're speaking. My prayer is that we would hear your voice and that we would be open to whatever it is that you're saying to us. So it's our privilege, it's our honor to commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is great to see you this morning. You're doing all right? You're sounding good? Yeah, you are. You're sounding good. You're doing good. Fantastic. It's raining. We're dry. That's good. It's all good. All good. We're going to have a great day. We are. 
Why don't you say hello to a couple more people before you take a seat? Again, a very warm welcome. If you're visiting with us today, it is great to have you here. And I pray that you can relax, that you can enjoy your time with us, enjoy being with the presence of God with us. And uh, as you leave at the end of the gathering, there is a table at the back. There'll be someone there to help you, some white bags. Please feel free to take one with information about who we are as a church. There's also a coffee card in there so you can get a coffee after the, the gathering. And um, if we can help you anyway in your journey, uh, we'd like to do that. So, you know, feel free to ask the person down there or have a conversation with them. It's great to have you here. Has anyone had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Birthday. It's got to be a birthday. Yeah, birthday. Both of you. Happy birthdays. Fantastic. Come and have a chocolate. That's cool. You get a birthday, then you get school holidays. That's fantastic. Any other birthdays? We no. Well, we're going to jump up on our feet. We're going to declare God's blessing over these guys for a great year. Great year in Jesus' name. Yeah. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great year, guys. Happy birthdays. Fantastic. Well, just a couple of things to remind you of. This week, we start a new module of the Activate School of Leadership. And uh, so that's on Tuesday night, 6 p.m. It would help us if you signed up in the hub uh, today, just so we know how many people are coming. But come anyway, even if you don't get there. And uh, we'll have a great time. So that's this Tuesday. It goes for four weeks. And uh, this time, our focus is around personality types, how God has created us, the uniqueness that he has created you in. And um, it's one of my favorite subjects, I've got to say. I love, I love it. I find it incredibly liberating. So that is the, from this Tuesday night in the Downstairs Cafe from 6 p.m. to 7.20, bring something to eat with you. You'll get a little break in the middle where you can have some dinner, but it's pretty full on. Once we start, it's bang, bang, get through there, and then um, there's prayer meeting afterwards that only goes for four weeks, so it's a great opportunity. No, the prayer meeting goes for more than four weeks. It goes every week, but the leadership school only goes for four weeks, and uh, it's a great it's a great way. We need more leaders. Hey, yeah, we do. Don't we? Yes, we do. And there's leadership in you, isn't there? Yes. Yes, there is. It needs to be poured out and it needs to be developed. And uh, the world needs great Christian leaders. The world, the marketplace needs great Christian leaders, as does the church. And uh, so we need more leaders. And maybe, just maybe, God's got his hand on you for something great. He does. Yeah, I think that too. I was just planting a seed, Nori. Because I'm kind of not awake yet. 
Is there still gas in here putting us to sleep? So, no, the gas is gone, eh? The gas is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder what God could do with you if you let him. Hey? Maybe you could be, I don't know, what could you be? How could God use you if you said yes, God? That would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. You could be the next great whatever. You could be the next great follower of Jesus. Fantastic. Hey, the um, Bible Land Tour, if you're interested in that, make sure you uh, register your interest. As of this this week will be the last week, that, and then after then I will be going out to other churches. I think we're well over half full. Um, I think we're up over 30, actually. For people who have showed interest, we need 46 people to make it happen. And um, I'll be going out to other churches after this next week. So if you're interested, I know a few of you have asked for more details. I've now given Maria more details to send out to you. And um, so there's more details there. But it would be a fantastic time. So we'd love to have you there. Lizelle, why don't you come and read the scriptures to us this morning? How about giving her a hand as she comes? Morning, church. It's a beautiful morning. I'm reading this morning out of Psalm 75. We thank you, O God. We give thanks because you are near. People everywhere tell of your wonderful deeds. God says, at the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. When the earth quakes and its people live in turmoil, I am the one who keeps its foundations firm. I warned the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fists. Don't raise your fist in defiance at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. For no one on earth from the east or the west or even from the wilderness should raise a defiant fist. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. For the Lord holds a cup in His hand that is full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours out the wine in judgment and all the wicked must drink it, draining it to the dregs. But as for me, I will always proclaim that God what God has done. I will sing praises to God of Jacob, for God says, I will break the strength of the wicked, but I will increase the power of the godly. How about standing again? We're going to continue in our worship. Praise you, Lord. Let's close our eyes and pray just for a second. Lord, we, we come before you. We're deciding right now, Lord, that we want to worship you and praise you. Uh, yes. No matter what, no matter what the situation is, we decide we're going to praise and worship you, Lord. Lord God, we, we do what David said and declared in his psalm, Lord. All this stuff's happening, but I will. Praise the Lord. I will declare His goodness. Yes. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. 
Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your love this morning, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Glorious are you, Lord. Come on. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Yes, we praise you, Lord. Yes, we praise you, Lord. Cause you're worthy to be praised, oh And Christ is my reward. Christ is my reward. All of my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world that can ever satisfy. Through every trial, through every trial. My soul will say, no turning back, I've been set free. We sing it. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need. salvation and this hope will never fail heaven is our hope through every storm my soul will sing Jesus is here to God be the glory 
Thank you, Lord, that you draw near. You draw near, that you are here even now, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We surrender all to you, Lord. We turn to you, Lord. 
this morning into this place. We enter your presence. We turn to you. simply come longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. The one we can pour, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. And it's 
all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, It's all about you, Jesus. The author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated down at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Come on, let's lift our voices and declare our adoration to Jesus. You're the center of it all, Lord. We love you. We exalt you. We praise you. We worship you. We give you our thanks and our adoration. Jesus, Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for the incredible privilege it is to gather together to worship, Lord. Father, thank you that we can have the closest of relationships with you as we worship you, Lord. There's no other relationship like it. One where we worship, one where we proclaim and declare the goodness and the greatness of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you. 
Hey, there's more in us. Let's declare it. Let's sing our praises to Him. Lord, we praise You. Precious and so special being together as we worship Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Why don't you take a seat and as you do, you turn to your neighbor and say, It's all about Jesus. I want to say thank you to the team. Don't they do a wonderful job? Thank you so much. This morning we're going to be looking at the whole area of worship, worship on purpose. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, this is about worship on purpose. And Caleb's going to give me a hand. Isn't that cool? Caleb teaches all this sort of stuff and teaches kids and grown-ups how to play and instruments and things like that. I think, Caleb, this is my own personal view, uh, Caleb, I hope you don't mind me saying, I think he's got one of the best voices around. He's a great singer. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I could sort of just lift things if I was next with him. With my, no, no, maybe not. Maybe not. I'm a terrible singer. But, um, but Caleb is a great singer, and it's really, really good, and we're going to be hearing from him a little bit later on. So that's, that's very, very cool. So, um, well, we've enjoyed a... a fine week at Hillsong Conference. It's been wonderful, hasn't it? And um, to go into the environment there, 21,000 people, and uh, it's awesome in a stadium in, in the Sydney uh, Cutest Bank Arena, and uh, to worship God amongst that many people is just awesome. And to come here and worship God as a gathering is just awesome. But two or three are gathered together in my name. It's awesome. It's awesome to worship God. Of all the relationships that there are on the earth and in the heavens, God has said the closest one that there is is a worship relationship where you and I have the opportunity to worship Him. God is not going, I need your worship because I've got a self-esteem issue. I just need propping up today. It's the closest of all relationships to be able to worship Him. So um, there's a picture of the universe. Pretty cool way. I'm going to read you a little bit from a psalm, Psalm 19. Wasn't it good to hear the Psalm 75 before? Yeah, wonderful. So Psalm 19. It is coming. Yeah, after Psalm 18. 
Here we go. Psalm 19, verses 1 to 6. Before we read this, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we are together in your house. Father, thank you for the privilege we have to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, thank you that you are limitless. There is no bounds. You are infinite, of no beginning and of no end. Lord, your greatness cannot be fathomed. Your awesomeness is beyond description. Your creativity has absolutely no limit. And we worship you. This is what the psalmist says in Psalm 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God and the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak, night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word, their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made his home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete, eager to run the race. The sun rises from one end of the heavens and follows its course to the end. Nothing can hide from its heat. I love that verse 1. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The, disguise, the skies display his craftsmanship. Let's go to the next slide. Okay. That's good. I, have we got a different background behind that? Or is that's a, a galaxy that God made? And uh, fantastic art, artistic work that God, there it goes. That's billions and billions of light years away. And I can't remember the name of it. Barry Chatterton probably would know. And welcome back, Barry, after your trip to the UK and various places. Let's give Barry a hand. He's been away for about eight weeks. So great to have Barry back with us. God is creative. Let's go to the next one. Doesn't that look familiar? God knows no end to his creativity. God has created everything. He owns everything and anything. But he's still looking for something. Do you know what he's still looking for? Next slide. Worshippers. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. But the time is coming, indeed, it is here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. So God has made it all. He has it all, yet He's looking for something. He's looking for worshippers. He's looking for you, and He's looking for me. Isn't that awesome? He's looking for worshippers. That's who he's looking for. He's looking for you, and he's looking for me. Next slide, thanks, Linda. We're going to pick up the story from John 4. Next slide. The woman at the well. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 4. This is a fantastic story. I was saying to Sheridan yesterday, I think I've heard this message well, a, a, a message preached from this text three or four, maybe five times this year, Sharon, you preached on it 
I don't know, a number of weeks ago. Jessica Harris preached or spoke about it. John Gray at conference mentioned it. There have been others that have mentioned this particular passage. And I think God is really trying to say something to his church through this passage. And so um, let's pick it up from John chapter 4 and verse 21. In fact, we'll start a little bit early. We know the story so well. Jesus comes to the well, he's, he's thirsty, he sits down for a drink, his disciples go off, and uh, he begins to have this conversation with this woman at the well. And as uh, Jessica Harris mentioned, and also as John Gray mentioned, she came out at midday in the noon to collect water because the shame that she carried. She wouldn't want to be seen with the other woman that would come earlier in the day. She came in midday when it was hottest, when there was the fewest people around, and here is Jesus it turns up and meets with this woman. And um, <clears throat> I want to pick it up from verse 13. Let's start there. Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're currently living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet, so tell me, why is it that you have, Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here in Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped? just want to stop there. Next slide, thanks. If you can see that little blue area is Samaria. And Jesus had traveled from Judea, Jerusalem, up through Samaria, and he was heading up towards Galilee. And so he comes to this area of Siberia where he meets this woman at Jacob's well, which is on sort of where it says Jordan, where the J is, is around that area. The Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. In 1720 BC, the Assyrians came in to the northern part of Israel, um, took over what that area of Samaria, intermarried with the Jewish people there, and the other Jews that were in the south and the north thought this is absolutely terrible. You've allowed the true Jew to be contaminated, if you like, and so this animosity developed, and it just developed and developed to the angst was absolutely at huge proportions, to the point that some Jews who would travel from Judea or Jerusalem up to Galilee would go across the river, the Jordan River, into that blue green area and travel up so they wouldn't have to go through Samaria. So much was the animosity there. Isn't that incredible? Absolutely incredible how much tension can be there amongst a group of people. So Jesus rocks up to this well and meets this woman. And there's a whole lot of boundaries Jesus is breaking. One, you don't talk, a rabbi doesn't talk to a woman. And rabbis in Jerusalem, some of the very devout rabbis, if they saw a woman, would close their eyes, and they would be known as the bleeding rabbis. They would close their eyes, and they would bang into walls and doors because as they walked with their eyes closed. Secondly, rabbis didn't talk to women in public, 
And secondly, or thirdly, you didn't talk with Samaritans. Jesus is breaking all of these boundaries because this woman really matters to him. He has got a message for her that's absolutely profound for the church today. Absolutely profound. And so the story carries on. In verse 19, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet, so tell me why does it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we, in Samaria, while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Jerusalem where our ancestors worshipped. Two chapters before, Jesus is in the temple making a whip in Jerusalem in the south. He's got his whip and he is premeditated turning over the tables of the money changers. And uh, this claim is made that Jesus says, you, you know, I destroy this temple, I'll rebuild it in four, uh, three days. And because the Pharisees, the religious leaders get very upset and say it takes 46 years to build this place. What Jesus is doing is turning upside down the old system of worship in Jerusalem and saying, for years you've done it in this place. I am turning it all upside down. It started in Jerusalem. Then the next place he goes to Siberia. And on this mount, Mount Gerizim, the Samaritans believe that's where Abraham sacrificed Isaiah. That's where they believe was the place of worship. Of course, the Jews believed it was in Jerusalem, on Mount Moriah. And so this huge conflict developed. But Jesus says this as we read on. Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter where you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about what <clears throat> the one you worship, while we Jews know a lot about him. The reason why Jesus is saying that, the Samaritans only had the first five books of the Old Testament as the Bible, whereas the Jews had the first five books, the Pentateuch, plus the, the prophets, plus the Psalms, uh, plus the wisdom writings. And so Jesus makes that statement to her that you only... That's what he's meaning. You only have the first five books of the Bible, what you call the Bible. He comes on, for salvation comes through the Jews. The time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who worship him that way. God is spirit. Here it comes again. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Didn't say spirit and religion. Didn't say spirit and entertainment, spirit and truth. And so I want to talk about three things very, very briefly. Seek the truth, grow in openness before the Father, and receive his affirmation. This verse involves humanity, but it also involves the Godhead, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father, but it involves you and I, one of the things that Jesus wants to do is reveal the truth to us. Reveal the truth to us. He reveals this truth to a woman. You've lived with four, sorry, five husbands. You're living with a guy. Jesus comes along as the seventh man and says, here's the truth. You don't have to worship on this mountain. You don't have to worship in this particular place. Worship me in spirit and truth. Jesus was confronting untruths in her lives, in her life. I want to say to you this morning, what is the untruth that Jesus needs to confront in your life? What are the untruths that he needs to confront? 
Because when you receive the truth from Jesus, he reveals the truth about you and he reveals the truth about him. 500 years ago, Martin Luther nailed 95 theses to the, the church, the papal door, and said people no longer have to be righteous by paying money to the church or they're no longer made righteous by the things that they do. They're made righteous by faith. That was the truth that Jesus wanted to bring to that generation. Isn't that amazing? 500 years ago. What is the truth that Jesus wants to bring to you today? Here's what we often do. Let's go to the next slide. It's a burger. Well, it's meant to be a burger. Here, you got the next slide? It's a salad. Well, it's meant to be a salad. I put up the salad just to, to give a healthy food option because I know if I came away from this, people would say, you only talked about burgers. Yeah. So we've got a healthy option for us. But the thing is that so much when we come to the truth of God, we reduce what God has for us. This woman had reduced worship to being on a certain place at a certain mountain. What are you reducing that God has for you about worship? Do you think worship is just something that happens on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or at 10.30? Or is worship something that takes place all through the week? The Hebrew definition for worship, there's many words in Hebrew and uh, in Greek in the New Testament. The Hebrew word for worship means to bow down, to lay prostrate, to open your hands. It's this whole aspect, this concrete aspect of positioning your body before the one you revere. There's a number of words for it. In the New Testament, there's a number of Greek words for worship. One of them means to kiss. Can I give you a kiss, darling? Whoa. It carries the picture of a dog that would just lap up to its master. <laughs> I'm, am I the dog here? <laughs> I walked into that one, didn't I? Yeah. So that, that's the picture. And uh, the thing about worship that Jesus confronts with the Pharisees uh, in, in Matthew is, you worship me with outward signs. You look as though you're worshiping me. Your, your lips are saying the right things, but your hearts are far from me. There's a story of a pastor who had a dream, and an angel took him into a church. And as the pastor came into the church, he saw people singing, but there was no sound coming out of their mouths. He heard the preacher preaching, but there was no sound coming out of his mouth. He heard the organist playing. But there was no sound coming from the organist. And the pastor asked the angel, what is happening? And the angel said, they're not worshipping from their heart. They're not worshipping from their heart. The worship that Jesus seeks, the worship that the Father seeks, is worship in truth and worship from the heart. And I want to encourage you, let's be people like this woman did who started a conversation with Jesus to know the truth that Jesus was saying into their lives. The truth that Jesus says over us today, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That is the truth. We are more than conquerors. We are called to be a mighty house of worship.
That is true. That is the truth. We are called to be a house of prayer. That is the truth. The truth is you're not useless. The truth is you're not slow. The truth is God is not finished with you. The truth is God is not punishing you. The truth is God is for you. Jesus is with you. Jesus believes in you. That is the truth. And when you know that truth, and when that truth permeates you, it changes you. And that's what this is the beautiful thing about the Scripture, to worship Him in spirit and truth. This wonderful conversation and communion with Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, who wants to reveal His truth to you. That is worship. Here's the other thing about your worship. You don't just worship on Sunday. You worship Monday to Saturday. Your work is an expression of worship. That's the truth. You need to receive that. Some of you are not quite sure. I can tell by the way you're looking at me. Your work is worship. Worship God in your place of work. It's the truth. And so this woman, she's finding the truth from Jesus. And this is Jesus' way. He wants to reveal his truth to us that we find life. And so it starts by simply having a conversation with him, just like this woman did. We can do that every day. Jesus, what is the truth that you want to show to me today? The truth about you, the truth about me. And let me walk in the revelation of that. The next thing Jesus says is worship in spirit and truth. The whole aspect here of worship is worshiping with a spirit of openness, worshiping with a spirit of humility, Who knows that when you worship God, you can close your heart off. Who's ever done that? Yep, we've all done it. We've all been there. But God wants our hearts to be open to him. That's what he's looking for. A church that is open. And this is why one of my favorite things I love doing with church, and I can't wait for the day. This is my dream, church. If you want to make me really happy. Well, it's not me. I know I make God. But this is what I long for. I long to be able to come in here and see every person with their hand raised to Jesus. Because you know what the word for thanks, when you raise your hands, is giving thanks to Jesus. And the, the Hebrew word for thanks is toda. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say that? Toda. Toda. And I like going, hey, toda, today. Do you like that? Yeah. Ho, toda. Today. Hey, thanks today. That's the truth. That's where God wants us to be. And I shared this before. Amy Cuddy, he's a psychologist. You can look at her on a TED talk. Said, The way you hold your body will change the way you feel. If you hold your hands to heaven, it only takes two minutes. All her research says, it changes the way you feel. You feel open. And God wants our hearts open to Him. And guess who is active to have our spirits open? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to work in our spirits, that our spirits are open to worship the Father in the truth that Jesus has revealed to us. The Holy Spirit takes the truth that Jesus has revealed and makes it personal to us. And that revelation of that personal truth just opens my spirit up and that I want to worship Him. And I want to worship him. When Wendy and I were first married, <clears throat> I think it was in the first year or so, we used to collect the lady, Mrs. Petrie. Do you remember Mrs. Petrie? 
She was about a hundred. She was really old. And I thought, man, I was 21 or something. And here was this elderly person. <clears throat> Wendy and I used to collect a number of elderly people and take them to church. I'll never forget one day we collected this lady who had a head, um, a handbag, and she came into my car. Oh, hello, dear. How are you? Clonk with a handbag. My rear vision mirror fell off. <clears throat> and then another lady went on my wing mirror and like this, and that fell off. <laughs> so, but Mrs. Petrie, she was an amazing worshiper. She knew what it was to seek the truth to have the communion with Jesus. But she knew what it was to worship God out of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. She had an amazing story. She had a very tough life, although looking at her, you would never know it. She, um, her husband went on a, on, on, on a push bike to work one day, as he did every day. And this particular day, they'd only been married three or four years, and he was killed when he was hit by a car or a truck. But her response to me was, I worship him. I worship him. So all I want to do for my spirit is worship him. When Abraham sacrifices his son, Isaac, I worship. When Isaac is an old man leaning on a cane, a staff, I worship. When Job has gone through so much stuff, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be in the name of the Lord. I worship. I worship. Isaac Newton, who wrote that amazing hymn, Amazing Grace, being in the slave trade, received the revelation. The Holy Spirit makes it personal. Amazing Grace. Stafford, uh, Horatio Stafford, who lost his family in in a storm. In fact, a ship collided with another ship. As he goes over those waters again, as he leaves Chicago to go to the UK, and he says, it is well, it is well, and writes this hymn. His spirit worships. And so the truth of the matter is that God, through his spirit, wants to release a heart of worship that's beyond circumstances, it's made personal through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. That truth that Jesus shares to us is made personal to us. And with the activity of Jesus and the Holy Spirit active in our lives, we give all our worship to Father God. And so Father, Son, and Spirit are so active to be involved in our worship. They are calling us and beckoning us to the closeness of relationship, to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I'm going to pass on to Caleb. Let's give him a hand as he comes. Thank you very much. It's amazing how many times I've stood there, but like not here, like ever. <laughs> okay. Um, so thank you, Pastor Ray. That was really awesome. Um, so what uh, Pastor Ray wants me to talk about today is um, worship and culture, um, because that's something that I research as a, as a musicologist. Um, so uh, first of all, though, um, I want to thank you guys for um, the opportunity to get to worship and to lead you in the way you guys go, okay, lead us. That's quite an honor. That's a crazy honor. Um, 
and also the way you lead me. I want to thank you for that. It's a crazy honour to have you lead me in, in, in that way. Um, so I love being involved in the journey of worship in this church, and um, it's always changing, it's always exciting um, to see what he's doing and the, the depth he's building in us. And I think, there's, I think we worship here. I, I, I believe that and I see that, and it's a pretty cool thing to see and be a part of. So thank you, everybody. Um, so I'm going to read you a scripture, Romans 12. Um, this is a scripture that I think is um, quite critical when it comes to worship. It's a big one for me. So, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Um, so the scripture talks about not copying the behavior and customs of this world, but letting God transform you, transforming your mind. Um, so let's have a little look at our culture that we, that we have. Um, there's a few trends that I think can undermine corporate worship in a modern culture, uh, particularly in the West I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, the East. Um, so our modern worship culture is an extension of Western culture, and increasingly it focuses on individual stars and celebrities. Does anybody recognize that one? Yeah? Um, so celebrity worship leaders are a thing these days. Um, they weren't so important 30 years ago. Is that true? I'm, I'm 34, so I can't really remember 30 years ago. Uh, gotcha, you know. Anyway, um, there is a cultural pull for us to copy famous worship leaders and be clones. Um, or, alternatively, to rebel and be different. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be one of them. Um, it was amazing in the 90s um, how many people suddenly started looking like Darlene Chick. Uh, long jacket, yeah, clothes, the hair. Um, you know, I had the hairdo back then as well. I didn't go blonde, but it was long. Um, <laughs> um, but not just in that way. We look to these people as like a marker point, as a, like, okay, a reference. And that's how our culture is these days. Famous people in the media, we see all the time, they're our reference point. Um, and that to me is a little bit disturbing when it comes to worship and worship culture because, you know, who should be our reference point and our marker point? Any? Yeah? <laughs> Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the Father, the Word of God. That's our marker point. The relationship that you have with Him, that He's teaching you. Um, we're not looking at celebrities to be our, you know, oh, do we worship like this or, you know, the face? Or The worst thing is actually about celebrity is that you don't um, know them at all, I reckon. You don't know them at all. You think you do, but you don't. You know, the whole idea of celebrity is to kind of make you feel like you know them so that it can sell you something. Um, that's kind of the whole purpose of that sort of marketing. And I'm not hassling famous worship leaders, just hear me. Just not hassling them at all. But the thing is, is that in our culture, we look at them and we look at images and we want to try and be like that. And we, we look at that as like a measurement point. So 
So I don't think that's a, a great healthy way to be, um, but that is something that is, exists in our culture. Um, I think instead, I think what happens is that that can be a bit of a distraction from our mandate to take up the responsibility and leadership that each and every one, uh, every one of us carries in the area of worship. You know, we look at them and we try to copy them, we, you know, but um, we're here to create, to be original, to be intentional about here as in heaven right here, um, to express adoration right here the way God made you, to value God's manifest presence and to listen to God and obey him where you are and who you are. So there we go. My second point today um, is that uh, about our worship culture is that, um, and this is a pretty obvious one, but um, music and worship are strongly associated with each other these days. Um, to the point where it's actually really hard to, when you're talking about worship, to get the music bit out of it, to try and think about worship as in purely what it is. It's really, it's really hard. I mean, we talk about worship music, the worship time, the worship set. Um, you know, it's you know, it's just so ingrained in our language. It's so, you can't even get out of it. Um, you, it's amazing how many conversations we have in the, um, with, you know, in the music department, creative department, I should say. Um, and we talk about the worship time, and it was like, and everyone's like, oh, cringing, because we, you know, we don't, you know, music isn't worship, and we're here to worship, and it, anyway, it's kind of crazy. But the thing is, with language and, and, and that, it's that it becomes, you know, a fact in our mind when we start talking like that. Um, and so it's really hard to get out of thinking like that. Um, so music is not worship, of uh, newsflash. Um, However, it's a way to express your worship as an individual. It's a way to help unite a group of individual worshippers in an expression uh, in response to God. It's a way to do that. It's a unifying force. It's very powerful. Um, the worship set, um, which we often associate with music, is not the music time as such. It's a place to encounter God. So it's very powerful and useful, but it's a means to an end. It's biblical to use music. It's pretty universal through all cultures, and it's a good thing. But if our hearts are far away, the music starts to mean nothing. And the Bible has plenty to say about that if you want to go and read Amos and Micah. And finally, another trend in our worship culture over the last 50 years or so um, is this increase in the importance of um, individual consumption of worship music as opposed to the corporate expression of worship. That's quite a thought there, so I'll read it again. There's this trend towards individual consumption of worship music as opposed to the corporate expression of worship. You know, it's a complicated topic. There's a lot you could say about it, but at the end of the day, one result of this is that we can be prone to feel that we've found an authentic expression of worship through an individualized experience, say, on your phone or in the car, um, and we can be prone to feel like that's more authentic than the congregational communal context. Is that, is that true? I think both are pretty authentic places to, to worship. I think both are crucial to our Christian walk. I think both are crucial to God's church getting something done on planet Earth. Um, one can't replace the other. You can't get, you can't do, you can't be a part of what happens um, communally on your own. I'm preaching to the converted because you're all here. 
But I've heard that I've heard that so many times. You know, it doesn't work for me. Um, you know, I don't like this, or um, you know, I do my own thing when I get to church. But I think we miss the point when we do that. I think we miss the point of again of our taking responsibility and leading, and you know, taking spiritual ground as a group and doing something together. I think we miss the point if we focus on ourselves all the time. But it's endemic in culture. It's very hard to get out of. So um, imagine that. This has to be what happens here. has to be what happens at home. Imagine trying to do that. No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) You know, these guys have just been at Hillsong. No pressure, guys. Um, But most of the time we experience Hillsong via a DVD or, you know, a Blu-ray or on YouTube, not actually at the conference. So you've probably got something quite different there, I imagine. Um, All right. So, um, but what if you don't really get into music? You're all sweet, hey? You're all good. You don't have to worry about this stuff. Everything I just said is about music, so no worries. Well, (laughs) let me put this to you. the idea that any individual expression that works for you is somehow more authentic than the corporate expression with other people misses the point. Um, they're definitely not here to replace each other. Um, there's things that can't, can't happen unless you're with others. There's things that God wants to show you in secret places. Both are important. And to sum it all up, I just think it's a genuinely countercultural thing to be an active participant in corporate worship these days. If you step on up and you want to praise God and worship God, that's pretty unusual in our society, in unity, to do something together. Pretty strange. Um, So you've got a lot to work against, but um, if you're aware of it, I think you can stand up and take responsibility and set the tone, set that culture. Um, So here's my paraphrase of Romans 12, one that we read earlier. Um, Here's what I think it means to me. It means this. Make a decision to worship God Own the journey. Be intentional. We will lead this nation. We will bring about genuine culture change if we keep growing in the area of worship together and in the secret place. That's my Romans 12.1 paraphrase. You guys are the worship leaders. We as a body are the leaders of worship in this nation. Pastor Ray. Fantastic, Caleb. So we're here to worship on purpose. And I want to encourage you to stand in the remaining moments of our gathering to open our hearts. The truth is that Jesus is Lord. The truth is that He reigns. The truth is He's coming again. The truth is we're more than conquerors with Him. And I encourage you to commune with the truth that He is. Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to You. Lord, our desire is to worship You, Father, in spirit and in truth. Father, I pray, reveal more of who You are. Thank You that You love us. Thank You that You accept us, that we belong to You, that You are for us more than what we could even think or imagine. And so, Father, with open hearts, we give you our worship, not only in this time, but all through the weeks, the days, the months ahead. 
that, Lord, your house of prayer would be built and your name would be glorified all over the earth. Let's sing together. We've been talking about worship. So let's worship our God this morning. Sing a song you might not know, but it's easy. To worship you I live, to worship you I live, I live to worship you. To worship you I live, to worship you I live, I live to worship you.
you and lift you and celebrate you. Lord, this morning I pray that the seeds that have been sown will fall on fertile soil. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we wouldn't get so locked up in the form of our worship that we forget what worship's all about. It's about you, spirit and in truth. So I thank you for what you're doing today. And I ask that as we go, these things would rest with us. They would sit with us. And that we would have the courage to develop the thoughts. We'd have the courage to try something new. That we would have the courage to put ourselves in a place this week where we can connect with you powerfully. Thank you for that opportunity. So while every head is bowed and eyes closed, Worship is an aspect of relationship. In fact, it's been said that worship is the most intimate relationship. And this morning, I don't know if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but that is about relationship. It is about, we say, we call use a word in the church called salvation. It's about the fact that on our own, human beings have made a mess of things. And that Jesus, when he went to the cross many years ago, he died on that cross. He took the weight of our wrongdoings upon himself. Three days later, he was resurrected to life. Soon after that, he ascended back to heaven. All of that was to enable us to again have relationship with God. The Bible says that the only way to have relationship with the Father is through Jesus Christ and that is because of what He did on the cross for us. And this morning it would, I would find it very sad if we sat here and we were encouraged about 
worship. We were encouraged about our intimacy with God, but you never had an opportunity to step into that place of relationship with Him. The Bible is very clear. It tells us if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He died and was risen from the grave, we will then come into relationship with Jesus on that basis, with the Father on that basis. And so this morning, while your head's about, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. If today you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, you're saying, yes, Jesus, I want to be in relationship with you. I believe in you. Yes, I want to be in relationship. Or maybe for whatever reason, you've stepped away from relationship with him. And today you really feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit to step forward again into that place of being closely connected with Jesus. If either of those ring true for you, in just a second, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand so we can recognize what you're doing and help you in the journey any way we can. This morning, if you know you need to respond to Jesus, can you lift your hand now, please? I'm only going to wait a couple of seconds. Great. Thank you. Wonderful. See your hands. That's brilliant. Fantastic. Church, can we please give these people a hand who've responded to Jesus this morning? Fantastic. The Bible tells us that heaven celebrates, the angels celebrate when one person gets right with Jesus. It's wonderful. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Caleb. Fantastic stuff. If you need prayer for anything at all, as we finish, so you'd like someone to stand with you in prayer, we encourage you just to come down the front. There'll be someone here. There are a few uh, words of knowledge just mentioned to me about um, uh, help me, restriction of breathing, sore neck, and there was something else as well. Can you remind me the other one? Head. So, um, you know, if you want prayer around any of those things, come down the front. Jesus is a God. God is a God who heals. He heals today. Fantastic. I love that thought of not getting stuck in the form of worship. You know, experiment a bit. What's truth look like? I rem- I, we've gone over time. But I, I remember this, and this is what we do as people. Therefore, this is what we do as church. There's a story that goes about the organ in the church was six or eight inches out from the wall. Now, this is an old church. It was eight inches out from the wall and they shifted to a new building the the congregation and when they set the organ in place it was 8 inches from the wall and they said why is it 8 inches from the wall that looks stupid can we please have it against the wall no it must be 8 inches from the wall someone went and did some research why it was 8 inches from the wall was because in the previous building there was a tall organist and if it was any closer to the wall they hit the head on the roof (laughs) that has been stuck in form that's been stuck in form. Understand why we do and why we do it. That's where freedom comes. Have a great day. Have a coffee. Meet some people. Amen. The atmosphere is changing now. Yes, it is. For the Spirit of the Lord.